0: Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about slow-down summer because a few people have been like, why? Why are we doing slow-down summer? What is this about? Um, So at Pullman Forestware, we haven't talked about it in a while, but Sabbath and rest has been an important piece of who we are and what we believe we are invited into. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Sabbath today. And slow-down summer comes from... um, So during... COVID, a lot of our people in ministry did a lot, especially that group back there. They learned so much. They served week after week after week, and we're thinking, how can we give them a little break? How can we just let them rest a little bit? So we're going to do church in the park. We're going to get out of the building. We're going to sit outside. We're going to go um, without PowerPoint, without all those things, and we're just going to do singing In church. And um, it might be a little distracting outside, but I think it'll be good because like how many of you, maybe one of the most, how do you say that? The place where you meet with God is outside, like in the trees. How many of you? Oh, me. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I get some. I've got some out there. Yeah. Like being outside, I feel God's presence. So it'll be, it'll be cool to worship with you guys outside. And um, so we wanted, we wanted to, to do this, and also to give our Sunday school teachers a break, and to let us rest a little bit, and um, do church a little different this summer. So that's part of the slowdown, and we're also, today, we're going to talk about Sabbath, and we're going to talk about sabbatical, and that's where Audrey comes in. So Audrey is going to begin. So can you tell us what your family is doing this summer, fall, and why? What is yeah. it you want us to know?
1: Yeah, so uh, let me just take another second to introduce what I do. I know some of you know, others don't, but I work with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, have done so for 12 years, and uh, came here to Pullman to work with international students and uh, did that for eight years. And when I got to year seven, uh, I was probably due for sabbatical. Definitely university gives us sabbatical, and so it seemed like... Uh, that would have been a good moment, but for whatever reason, I didn't take it. And I, I think um, working on campus, uh, uh, like day in day out with students, it was definitely it was very much a joy, but it was also very taxing. And so I probably should have taken one then, but I didn't. And then in year eight, I made the switch to work with our national uh, office on study abroad, which means students from like from our seven hundred plus campuses around, well, not our campuses, University is present on 700 plus campuses around the U.S. and has chapters there that minister to students. And the students sometimes decide to go to study abroad and we wanted to give them an experience where they could keep God at the center. And I really connected with that. It's kind of reversed from what we were doing with welcoming international students to, to Pullman now was helping uh, students be missionaries Overseas to wherever they were going to study abroad. And so for me, that was a very rejuvenating experience. And I was like, I don't need sabbatical. And then, great. Um, and then, but then, in the varsity kept saying, my supervisor, I have a spiritual director that kept saying, you should take this, this gift of sabbatical. Uh, and it still took me four years <laughs> to get to that place, like, okay, let, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's say yes to this. And I've been thinking about that, like, why, why did it take me so long to say yes? And I think part of it is, hypothetically, sabbatical sounds great. Sounds like, well, like from in my case, six months of not doing work? Like, who doesn't want to do that, right? But the moment you start taking it from hypothetical to actual reality, you start thinking, like, this is a little scary. I'm going to let go of control. Like, I, I have certain things in my job that I do that I think I do well. I don't necessarily want somebody else to do them. <laughs> uh, how are they going to change the things that I've been doing? Um, maybe even in the back of my mind is like maybe they're going to do great without me right? <laughs> There's a lot of fears that come uh, even though initially it sounds great and so I think that might have been part of the reason um, to wait. The other one is like the work I do is fully supported by, uh, by, by you by people at church, by, by individuals who believe in the mission and so it feels really hard to say like well I'm going to not do that for six months and you're still going to transfer that money to my account. That seems kind of there's a lot of things, like a lot of fears that add up to that. And I think that's why it kept me so long uh, to do this. But university does it for a reason, and that's because they have found out that uh, staff who take sabbatical, they stay more likely to stay on staff. They're, they're, they're more likely to continue doing ministry. They found out that people that don't take it tend to burn out. The average time that people stay on staff with varsity is five years. Uh, and uh, there's there's a variety of reasons why people leave, but one of them is, is that it's just, it's, it's taxing. And um, again, it's beautiful work, but ministry is one of those things where it's really easy to only focus on the other. Like, I read scripture, not for myself, but I read it for others. And constantly what I'm doing is I'm doing it for others, which is... It's not bad doing that, but if that's all you're doing, that's gonna, your cup is not going to overflow. It's going to empty out, and you're giving out of nothing. You don't have anything to give. And so ministry is going to not, not be very good. Um, I think also that uh, sabbatical, therefore, is, is a place where you can become refreshed, like renew that relationship you have with God. And I've seen a lot of people get clearer vision, on, or clearer vision on the calling that God has given them. Uh, had a um, a staff that was part of our team a few years ago who who was doing really well. I mean, she was doing a great job at study abroad. But during her sabbatical, realized that God was calling her back to be on an individual campus reaching out to students. And so sometimes sabbatical is even just a clarification when all the things that go in my mind and, and I'm just thinking about, I can't get a good overview of until I stop, I rest, I spend time with God. And then I look back, and it's like a lot of things become clearer. So again, a time of rest, is even that's even an opportunity there. Um, so that's a long introduction to like, how, well, what are we going to do? I think it was in fall here that I was sitting here in this church. Um, there was a sermon. I don't remember what the sermon was about. I just remember there was a contemplation question. I don't remember what the question was either. <laughs> but I remember that God met me in that time as I was... Uh, probably thinking about sabbatical anyway, I, I felt God was giving me an invitation into a, 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 a period of risk and trusting God in the midst of risk. And if you heard one of my sermons in May, I was talking about taking staff, university staff, to, to Ireland on a pilgrimage on a, what we call journeys. and. Um, even though I was leading that, I also, again, God met me there in this, this theme of risk, to, to, to step into risk so that I will trust him more. And as I've reflected on that more, is I think as I get older, and I, I wonder if this is true for a lot of us, uh, it's, I have done a lot of things to mitigate risk. I have put, as to the extent that it was possible, put money aside so that I don't have to deal with not like, having to live like, at the end of the month not knowing how we're going to buy food, which was the case when we just started doing uh, student ministry. We really, at the end of the month, were like, I don't know, let's go and see how long we can stretch this food that's in our, in our fridge. And so I've been, uh, sometimes unhealthily so, trying to put money aside so that I don't find myself in that same place again. But at the same time, when I started doing student ministry, I, there was no other way for me than to trust God because I didn't have enough, so I had to trust God. Mm-hmm. Now I have a little bit of a buffer, and it's really easy to forget about God and not to have to trust God because I can trust the money that I have in my bank account. Mm-hmm. And that's just one example money-wise, but it's with a lot of things. I think I build in systems so I don't have to trust God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, this is an invitation to say, well, we're going to do a little bit, little bit of a risk. And the risk is taking my family out of Pullman, all of us, like my, like my wife, Kelly, and the two kids, we're going to go to Europe uh, first to just visit my parents. Uh, my, my whole family hasn't been to the Netherlands for four years because of COVID, hasn't happened. We we'll spend a little bit of time there. But after that, um, the theme is pilgrimage. And uh, as I, I mentioned before, we've within a varsity uh, walk with students on pilgrimage, we take staff on pilgrimage, but I'm always the one leading it. I'm never the one actually receiving it. And so we want to do this as a, as a, as a family. And even yesterday, Kelly and I were walking uh, the path towards Moscow um, with our backpacks filled just to kind of figure out, like, well, how does this, how does it go? And, and walking only six miles, I realized, like, my mind is already by what what's next, going to be next today. Like, what, what are the other things I'm going to do? The idea on pilgrimage is, like, we're walking for days and uh, we just learn how to be present to each other and to be God, uh, to God as, as we walk that. So that's kind of the experience we're, we're, wanting, we're looking forward to. We're gonna do that uh, in uh, a trip to Northern England and then we're gonna spend three months in Croatia. So talking about risk, taking our family, uh, out of our comfort zone into a country I've never been to, a language I don't speak. I've tried to connect there with a pastor of a church, so maybe we have a, have a home base there, but that's kind of what we're, we're doing in a, in a very physical way. Um, yeah, there's more that I could share, but I, I feel I've already been sharing a lot, so mm. that's a very long answer to a short question you asked. Yeah,
0: Thank you. We're excited for you guys to rest. Yeah, in pilgrimage and and Audrey says after I share that, would you and Jamie share where th- how this is biblical? I was <laughs> supposed to ask a question. Uh, he goes, How is this
2: scriptural, Heidi?
1: Uh,
0: yeah, he know? goes, and oh, then man. will you share with the church how this is scriptural? <laughs> we're like, we're on it. So you want to want to take it from there?
2: So sabbatical really comes out of the concept of Sabbath in in the in the Bible, and that's a it's a topic that a lot of Evangelical Christians, uh, which would be, you know, us Protestant types, anybody that's not Catholic uh, or mainline denominations, we have kind of a hard time with it because we say, look, the Old Testament laws, that stuff's all been, you know, fulfilled by Jesus and we're no longer bound by any of it. And so and now we live under the new covenant with Christ and and our rest in Jesus, our, our Sabbath is all the time in Jesus. We're just always on Sabbath because we don't have to work to earn God's love anymore. And while that is true, Mm -hmm. our challenge to you in that is how many of you spend every moment actually resting in Jesus? Mm -hmm. Uh, How many of you actually take every second of your life as Sabbath? Um, And so the practice of taking a Sabbath, which again is still rooted in the Old Testament, is still something for us today, which is what (laughs) Hebrews says, uh, Hebrews chapter four. So this says, "So the Sabbath remains. So let us." And he actually uses the word "strive." Let us strive to enter into God's rest. In Hebrews chapter four, actually work to get into this place of rest. Um, it's 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 spectacular. Now, sabbatical is a little bit different. It's rooted in Sabbath, which so this whole thing. If you want to look in Leviticus chapter twenty-five. I just invited you to read the book of Leviticus, right? So that's deep-end stuff. You're like, oh, that is the most, the most boring book of the Bible, easily. Uh, <laughs> if there is one more boring, I don't know what it is. But the book of Leviticus, chapter 25, it's, it, you know why it's so boring? Because it reads like a policy manual, right? If you go to work, it reads like a policy manual, and that's exactly what it is. This is God's policy manual for how the people should relate to one another and relate to God. And Leviticus 25 is the vacation policy. So this is, of all the chapters you want to read in Leviticus, chapter 25 is one you ought to just dig into a little bit. It's God's vacation policy for the people. It's really interesting. We were, we were praying this morning and, and just realizing, like, we got people that are sick and people that are gone today, and we're like, well, but God isn't. And if you read the Scripture, the whole of the Bible, there's only one time God takes a break, just one time, and that's at the end of Genesis uh, chapter 2. When on the seventh day, God rests. And then forever from that day on, he doesn't rest. He just keeps going. But he says, on the seventh day, you should rest as a day that's holy to the Lord. Take a break. Because God rested on the seventh day, we should rest too. And then let God be God the rest of the time. And then in Leviticus 25, it's all birthed out of that idea. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest as is holy to the Lord. And then it says every seventh year you're to take a rest, a full year of rest. And every 50 years you're supposed to rest everything completely for an even longer period of time. And all the land that's been bought and sold gets returned. Everybody that's a prisoner gets set free. It's this biblical idea of God's rest and His love and His care for all of us. And He sets this cycle that we are to live into. But once uh, Israel came under the oppression of the rulers and leaders of the world, whether it was Babylon or Syria or Rome, they no longer had the capacity to take a seventh-year sabbatical. They no longer had the ability to take that 50-year year year of jubilee, which is what it's called in in Leviticus 25. It never ended. It's just that suddenly we were subject to a different ruler, and we could no longer live out what God created us for. So we live in a society today that gives us a lot of freedom. It gives us two days off in a week, typically. We get a Friday-Saturday, typically, or Saturday-Sunday. Sorry, I'm a pastor. We take Friday-Saturday, and Sunday's a work day. To so the rest of you, Saturday, Sunday is typically, you know, the weekend. We get it off, and we live for the weekend, and we get this space. But we often still don't live out a Sabbath. There's some specific things that God calls us to within that Sabbath rest. And then we get vacations. Uh, some of us, you know, academics, typically some business leaders and pastors and ministers, they get a sabbatical. We get, we get offered this thing, a sabbatical. But sabbatical is offered to all of us. And so one of the questions I was kind of wrestling with As we were talking about this, it's like the Sabbath still stands. That means all of the Sabbath for all of us to take these short breaks during the day to rest in God, to take a weekly space where we can rest in God, to take a yearly space where we rest in God, and then every seven years or so, To how could we take sabbatical um, even if our job doesn't offer us one? What would it look like to live out of a Sabbath rest from day to day? Um so, kind of the question and i'll 'll throw it to you, Heidi, okay. at this point, so that 's kind of the biblical foundation from it right um, what what is the key elements of Sabbath, and maybe how can we take that into our 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 living
0: so the pieces of Sabbath, but maybe i can I read the pass I wanted to read the passage from hebrews four, so this is the passage from hebrews four, and it says So then, a Sabbath rest still remains for the people of God. For those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors, as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort, some say strive, let us make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one may fall through such disobedience as theirs. There's an invitation for us to rest And I think that we are a very tired people. Um, I meet people and I'm like, how are you tired? How are you tired? And as God's people, we are invited to rest. And we say, no, I have to work. We are invited to rest from our paid and unpaid work. The pieces of Sabbath are to stop. It is so hard hard for me, I am a doer, to stop. But God's people, we are invited to live a different way, and we are invited to stop. We are invited to delight. We're invited to take a day and delight. Delight in the things around you. Delight in God. Delight in people. Delight in What brings you pleasure? What makes you see God and light up and think of him? We're invited to rest. One piece of Sabbath is rest. And we say, no. God says, you are invited to rest. You are my people. You do not have to work all the time. Everyone around you might work all the time, but I invite you to something different. I invite you to rest. Uh, Jerry Scazzaro from Emotionally Healthy Spiritual says, Sabbath is the one day we actually live out grace. We live out grace. You don't have to do anything to be loved by God. You are the beloved because you do nothing. You don't have to earn anything. You don't have to try hard. I don't have to do it. You You just are. It's the day we really live out grace. And then the last piece is contemplate. It just means you think about God. You think about him. Those are the, the pieces when Jamie and I think about Sabbath. That's, that's what Sabbath is for us. So we were asking, why do we want you? Why do we want, we really want you as people in this community to take a Sabbath? Either one of you guys, go for it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I can take that one. So you already gave some great examples of scripturally, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that should be a reason to to do it. I I think the the Ten Commandments, it's number four. Uh, Think about not doing any of the other Ten Commandments. We would balk at it. Why we're not doing the command to have the Sabbath? It's as simple as that. Um, But I also think that we are created as as finite beings on purpose by God. and we have limits and God has given those limits and he knows us and I think that's why we get to Leviticus and those 10 commandments, it's like, hey, you have limits and I give you boundaries not to punish you not to um, ground you in your room. Uh, this is actually, these are, these are good for you. If you stay within these boundaries, you'll actually flourish, you'll actually do better than if you go over those limits. And uh, I have to think of, a, of an international student that was part of our ministry years ago. And um, at a, she was in leadership at a certain time burned out and just said, like, I can't do this anymore. And she, I, I didn't see her for a couple of years. And then I met up with her again. And um, she, was, she was a Ph.D. student, worked seven days a week, uh, pretty much any waking hour she was doing her research. And uh, she said, like, she wanted to meet up with me and she wanted to tell me that she finally ta- started taking the Sabbath seriously. She said, like, I don't, I actually, in all the time I did international ministry, I didn't meet a single PhD student that took the Sabbath um, seriously, as far as I know. But she said, like, and, and, and the people in her, in her lab were, like, saying, that's not going to work. But she simply decided, Sundays, I'm just taking off completely. I'm not doing any work. And she said, it's amazing. I haven't felt like I've missed the day at all. Actually, I have a capacity to do more. And so uh, it, it's, again, this, like, you step into risk, it's risky to give up 24 hours of your day and there's all this research that need, needs to be done or there's all these pressures for your job but we found out as that she gave that to God and she trusted him uh, suddenly she was flourishing she was actually doing better than she was doing before uh, personally too like I just want to I know we, we might talk about technology in a little bit but that's kind of been my story with sabbatic, well, Sabbath and uh, longer periods of rest has been. Uh, the struggle with my phone, specifically my phone. It's like uh, five, six years ago, it was this device that I had always on me, that had all the notifications on, had my email on there, all the apps. Uh, A lot of it was work-related. And so I was constantly just interacting with it. And um, I came to a place where I realized about five years ago this is not healthy. And one of the things I did fairly consistently, I mean not always, but fairly consistently, is on, on the Sunday I put my phone in what I call phone jail. <laughs> it goes in my little office, it goes on the charger, and I can still use it, but I have to walk to the office to use it. And uh, that I, I noticed as I changed that, I also changed my interaction with my phone during the week. And then uh, about four years ago or three years ago, I decided uh, we're gonna go on a two-week vacation, and I was like, I'm just leaving my phone home. I'm not taking my, home w- my phone with me. And uh, my, my wife still had her phone with her, so like, we could still use the GPS, we could still use some basic services. I couldn't get in my work email because we used two-step authentication, so you <laughs> like I can't get into anything. And it was just so amazing. I got back from vacation. I didn't want to use my phone at all. And it took me... And since then, I noticed my phone, like, I, I lose my phone all the time because I just forget about it. It's not, it doesn't have a hold over me to the extent that it had before. Now, the Sabbath isn't just about the, the way we interact with our phone, but what I noticed as I took a step away from my phone, I was more present to my family. I had more opportunity to be present to God. The, the reason I share it is, is that when we take... Um, intentional rest and we make these kind of decisions, they don't just have an effect on that day, mm-hmm. they have an effect on the days after and as Sabbath has an effect on our week uh, doing something like sabbatical like two weeks not using my phone during a vacation had actually effect on the rest of the year um, so it's just some reasons, some thoughts to think about why, uh, why to do sabbatical oh.
2: or Sabbath you're saying sabba- sabbatical. Sabbath. I uh, yeah. Sabbath. I just use it interchangeable okay. at this point. Yeah. No. Cool.
1: Sabbath sabbatical.
2: Yeah. One of the things that, as we were talking about this, that I wanted to share with you guys is that um, one of the reasons that I want you to take a Sabbath every week is because it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Like we tend to come to these things and be like, oh, that's a law. It's a rule God said. I mean, it, it actually it is the only commandment that predates the law. So that 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 alone, you know, the law is fulfilled, but this commandment comes from creation. So it is a command, and yet it's a gift. Um, You know, Ecclesiastes, I believe it is, is every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. This is a good and perfect gift, a gift to you of a day. and, And it's a day in which God looks at you and says, you are not your work. You are not what you do. You are a human being, and this is a day to be, to be with your family, to be with your friends, to be with, to be present to God, to be present to all the other gifts that He gives us in creation, in our homes, in our cars, or whatever it is that we happen to do, or whatever our recreation happens to be. It's this gift, this good gift that we can enjoy, and that's why we use the word delight because that is a day to delight in. It's a day to savor. It's a day to really, really enjoy. Um, It is for Heidi and I, and we're going to talk about what does it look like for us, and I'll maybe let you jump on that. But when we we started talking about this, it was like, it was like, here's what it was like. It was like, imagine the best meal of your life. Close your eyes and imagine that steak or whatever it is. And you know how your mouth kind of starts to water? As we began talking about Sabbath, that's what happened to me my soul began to salivate. I was anticipating, and I said, I, it was, we were talking about this on Wednesday, I think, as we, the three of us were working this out, and I was like, oh, can we have Sabbath tomorrow? Can we do this tomorrow? And We have to wait. I couldn't wait. It was so good. So Heidi, um, you and I have been practicing this for quite a while now. I'm not even sure how many years Mm -hmm. and it's been a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's been a process. We've had to grow. So would you share with folks what it looks like for us to take a Sabbath and maybe some things that they could do?
0: So boundaries with tech is for sure I think something you have to talk about for Sabbath and it is for us. Um, I, I try to set mine down, my phone, and leave it for that time. We practice ours the um, best we can, Friday night at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m. Um, it's really hard. It was super hard for me in the beginning to, like, stop if I hadn't finished something, like, to not finish, you know, my projects, to let it go and to just to let it be. Um, we play games on Friday night. We... Um, we rest, we watch a show with a family. It's really not that much. Um, and it, I just wanted to share it for a real story. So yesterday, Jamie texts me. It's our Sabbath. And he goes, I think it's because of gas. He goes like, I'm over by Winco. You want me to make a grocery store run? And I just, I'm like, it's Sabbath. So like, we're human, right? We're not like, we got this down. Let me tell you. And I'm like,
2: it was definitely because of gas. I was looking at the gas gauge and thinking, it's Sabbath. But that's yeah. expensive. I was
0: like, it's Sabbath. We'll go some other time. Um, when our kids were little and we started, they get super excited, like when they were younger, I remember, because it's a day where we are not working. We're not doing paid or unpaid work. We're just being together as a family, and they get really excited, so it's a gift to your children. What I, um, I was thinking about this. What I have noticed when you talked about PH students, I have noticed that college students, which is rare, that take a Sabbath and like, choose to create, there's no difference they do just as well as everyone else. They get just as much done. Like, it is it is a gift. It's such a gift. Um, for for me, I know it's the silliest thing, but if the laundry wasn't done, I don't know what your thing is. It was really hard for me, and, and now I can just let it be. Like, I don't know what your thing would be. Um, I want everyone to take a Sabbath because it's a day where I don't have to... To work. I don't have to do anything. Um, I wrote I wrote this down. Because Jesus died, I don't I don't have to keep working. And when I stop, I, I realize that I get value from work. And then I realize if you can't stop working, you're not free. And we're called to be free. Jesus invites us to be free. If you cannot stop. And Audrey was saying, Audrey's from a different culture. And he's like, I'm so amazed in this culture how you guys introduce yourself by what you do. He goes, We don't do that. He's like, that's, that's not something I grew up with. We put so much value on what we do. Like, we introduce ourselves. Hello, except for we try not to, because if you say you're a pastor, a lot of people are like, conversation killer. <laughs> so, But lots of people, like, I'm a lawyer. I'm a dentist. I'm a, you know, I work at SEL. I work here. And we put so much value on work that we tend to be workaholics. Like, I would say I wasn't. Like, I would really say I wasn't. And then we read through this thing as a staff, and it was kind of like, oh dear me, oh my, yes I am. And like by the time you read it, you're like, probably most Americans. Like, let's be real, probably almost all, but not all. Not, but most Americans are, and so we're not free. We're not free, and we're called to walk in freedom. Um, let's see, which one? So we wanted to ask, um, how might God be inviting you in your family to begin like where you're at where you're at you don't so like we've encouraged people before you're like a whole day where are you at could you take an hour to rest in the middle of your day maybe 20 minutes and you stop and you sit with god and start there one young family in the church. I didn't ask her if I could share the name, so I'll tell you the story. One young family in the church, um, she was talking to me about how I have little kids. How can I do Sabbath? How can I make this happen? And she realized that Saturday, they already kind of take off, right? It's a family day. And they were doing chores in the morning. And she's like, well, what if I just move chores to a different day? Like, I just moved chores to another day. And what if I could get, because she has little, little kids, what if I asked my husband if I could have 20 minutes, 20 minutes by myself with God? She's like, that would, that would change the whole day for me and make it a Sabbath. And so that has been like her, what she's moving to? 20 minutes. It can change your whole day. When you start 20 minutes with God, T- try it. Try it. You'll be surprised. It can change everything for you. Um. So. Yeah,
2: we were. You were going to talk a little bit more about what it looks like for us, and so I I just wanted to share a little bit about what Sabbath like actually looks like for us, just practically speaking. So Friday night, typically, we'll light a candle on the table to remind us this is God's day. He is present. He is here. The the fire just—it's just a just a little something that reminds us, right? Reminds you that God's present. Friday night, we stop all of our chores. We spend most of Friday preparing. Because you have to get ready for that day, right? So I'll I'll start cooking dinner before dinner, you know, before dinner time, that's, or one of us will cook, and we'll, that's our meal, and often we'll try to have leftovers the next day. Uh, We might watch a movie in the evening, or some sort of television show, just to kind of let down, but we don't do any more chores. The laundry, if it's not folded, it's sitting in the basket on the living room floor. So if you come over to our house on a Friday night and there's laundry, that's why. Uh, you know, if the lawn didn't get mowed, it's not getting mowed on Saturday. It'll happen on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so we we just stop. We stop all of our work, all of our paid work, and all of our unpaid work. So if you text us on Friday night at nine o'clock with a question about Sunday morning, probably not getting back to you. If you text us on Friday night at nine o'clock and say I'm in the hospital. Yeah. We right. will, okay? <laughs> we're there. <laughs> like, we're there for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, most just task work and that kind of stuff, we're just done. And uh, then we, we rest. We don't turn on an alarm. Saturday morning, no alarms. Like, the, sun, the random days where, like, Isaac has a baseball game that we got to get to, and I have to turn that alarm. It makes me mad. <laughs> like, oh, I hate you, alarm. But we, no alarms. We just rest. We sleep. We let our body sleep. Uh, we might go to bed a little early. We might not go to bed early. We do what our body needs. Uh, we do the things that bring us life. Like yesterday, Heidi and I went for a long hike in the woods. We got out because two of our kids are not with us for Father's Day, and we were both sad. So we needed to go get out in the woods and just let God refill us. I mean, that's something we delight in. Um, and then, you know, when when I realized, like, I put Isaac on an airplane, our, our son, because he's allergying and he's going to see his grandparents, and he's flying away, and I'm like, what is going on, God? What What is this? That I'm feeling inside, and I began to contemplate. As I just ask God, where are you in this? And that's, that's what we do for the day. You just ask God, where are you? We rest, we delight, we stop. The thing that I wanted to, to take us into, though, is really have you consider it's not just one day a week, but this is summertime, and many of you are planning a vacation. You're going to go camping for a three-day weekend. You're going to take a, a one-week vacation to some far-flung you know, place in the country or around the world, you're going to find some palm trees. That's why we put palm trees on this thing behind you. And we got a sloth, you know, he's a Central American ambassador for Sabbath, just taking it slow and resting. How could you take Sabbath into your vacation? In, in Leviticus chapter 25, it's really interesting. There are five or six feasts and vacations that are literally written into the life of the church in, the, in the, early, the early life of you know, God's people. There's seven, a whole seven-day feast, and that's a vacation. That's what we take, and they're just to stop working. They're to rest. They're to, to remember that it is God who gave them this. They delight in His good and perfect gifts. They contemplate. It's all written into there, so how can you take this into your vacation because Disneyland is calling, right? And Disneyland is probably the hardest place. It's the happiest place on earth and the most difficult place on earth to be a human being. <laughs> that, that was really good. I, should have, like, <laughs> I didn't write that down. It is the happiest place on earth, but maybe the most difficult place to be a human being because we're put into lines of cattle, all right? And we're pushed through this and that. How can you, if you want to take this into the real deep end, how can you go to Disneyland and Sabbath? <laughs> I don't know. Good luck. Tell me how it goes because I want to know. But that's really one of the big things that we wanted to invite you to think about. Those four components, stop, rest, delight, contemplate. How can you take that into whatever vacation you've planned? Your honeymoon. How can you take that into your honeymoon, Renee? How can you take that, you know, into whatever camping trip you're going to be going on? This is God's gift to you. Your vacation is a gift. We are privileged people that get to take vacations. Not everybody does. But we can, that is a gift. It's not just a, it's not a right, right? And we can go and we can blow it and, and come back exhausted. Mm-hmm. And when we come to church and we come to our families exhausted, we can't give our presence to one another. We can't serve. We can't, we can't do the things that God has called us and made us for because we're too tired. So that's our, our invitation, really, our invitation. you have anything else you guys wanted to say?
1: Well, that was a great... Closing to, I guess, is that the closing question you
2: were having? No, no, we got a closing question. <laughs> oh, that's, okay. we, got a, we got a specific closing question, but I mean, what have we not covered?
0: I read this quote in an Enneagram book. And this is about the man who wrote it. I eventually found myself living from retreat to retreat, or from vacation to vacation. And since then, I've done my best to protect rhythms that are healthy and uh, sustainable. Today, I know that Sabbath is for rest. Retreats are for reflection. Vacations are for recreation, and sabbatical is for renewal. I've heard recently that we're we're very anxious right now. Like, I mean, it's like they talk about everywhere you go. We're very anxious, and when we're anxious, we're tired, and when we're anxious, we cannot interact with people. Like, when you have so much anxiety inside of you, you can't be present to the people around you. You can't listen well, and as We've talked about this as people who follow God. We are called to love well. We are called to listen well. And if you are so tired and you are so anxious, then when I am so tired and when I am so anxious, I cannot listen to the people that God has put around me to listen to and to love. When your kids are talking to you or the people you care about most and your mind is over here and you cannot focus on them, you are too tired and you're being invited to Sabbath to rest. So um, we really just wanted to invite you wherever you're at and um, we've, we get quite a bit of pushback about Sabbath from the church. It, it hasn't been something that's been taught in, in a while and I think what Audrey said, we talked about this um, quite a bit at our house. So. Or like people will say as even, we are not under the law. We are not under the law. It's true. However, is there any one of the Ten Commandments that we don't follow other than Sabbath? We don't, we still don't lie. We're not supposed to cheat. We're not supposed to commit murder. We're not, that's the only one that we're like, well, we don't have to do that anymore. We're not called for that. And I agree because Jesus brings, Jesus changes everything. And Jesus says, yeah, you're supposed to Sabbath all the time. You're supposed to learn to live into that rest. But, but we can't even rest for 20 minutes. So um, it's a gift. It's a day to just be. And I, I hope you try. I hope you just give it a try.
1: What, what I can add is that I, I think this is very helpful for me, even I think your first invitation to sabbatical might have been five, six years ago. I don't know. <laughs> And uh, just you hearing speak, it's like, oh, yeah, that those are things I haven't thought about, or that, that is something I can maybe try to do again. It's really, um, I think of what I'm trying to say, it's, it's like it's really easy to become some kind of um, thing you have to do or feel yeah. good about yourself, like, oh, and if I don't do Sabbath, I'm like, oh, no, I failed. Uh, and I realize, like, I think what I've been fairly good at is not doing the work, but I haven't been very good at a Sabbath is contemplating and actually mm-hmm. taking intentional time with God. Um, don't, if, if that's you or wherever you are don't feel bad about it, see this is an invitation mm-hmm. to maybe what you said like the 20 minutes um, on, on, maybe that's all you have on a, on a Sabbath take those 20 minutes and spend them with God and if you then skip one week, don't feel bad about it you'll have another week to try it out again mm-hmm. so I guess there, there's that like it shouldn't run into legalism because yeah. that's not why God gave it to us mm-hmm. it gave it to us for us to thrive so I want it to be an invitation that is joyful and not one that makes you feel bad that you're right. not doing it
0: Delight.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think one marker of the word delight uh, when it comes to God is you can feel like, uh, you feel, if you feel guilt, you're not delighting. Mm-hmm. If you feel like, oh, God's disappointed in me. I think God's hope in Sabbath and in rest and in all of these things, like even in your, your daily times with God, even if you take 5, 10, 20 minutes, it's not that you get it done or that you didn't get it done, but that maybe you feel in your heart that you're disappointed that you didn't get to be with God mm-hmm. if you miss it. That's his invitation, to, to be with him. Um, so our closing question, it's kind of funny. i I'm committed to keep my mouth shut and to let you guys think, and I did that, and then we talked for another 10 minutes. It was amazing. Um, our closing question for you guys today, and we just want to give you a, a minute, maybe to, to write, uh, write in your, your journal, on the bulletin or whatever. What is one simple thing that you can do to enter into God's rest this summer? What is one, one thing that you could, you could start on this journey toward Sabbath or journey on uh, to move toward a daily, you know, short Sabbath rest with God a couple of times throughout the day to get on that rhythm? Or maybe what you could do for your vacation that might change it for you. Do you need to consider sabbatical in some form, some way? Um, what is God's invitation to you? What's one simple thing you can do to enter God's rest this summer? I'm going to give you a minute of silence to think about that As I was letting you sit and write and think, um, I just felt like the Lord kind of impressed on my heart. I could be wrong, but I feel like God is saying to, to us all, and maybe to write right next to whatever that thing is that you wrote down, give yourself grace. Because that's what Sabbath is, it's grace. The whole experience is grace. And God is not meaning for us to, we use that word strive to enter his rest, but he's not meaning for that rest to be a striving in and of itself. And so we, we, we do it and we fail and they're like, oh, and we just give up. But God says, no, no, no. Just try again. It's okay. Just just, just come be with me. Come rest. Be a human being. Give yourself grace. It's okay. I'm, I got, she's waving her hand. Oh, yes. You, I'll bring you a microphone. It's uh, not very often when you get someone who's really wise, go, may I say something? So we're going to let her say something. So I'm going to walk over. This is Joanne, everybody. Joanne, what did you want to say?
3: Um, this is an awesome thing.
0: Put it on your chin. Put it on my chin?
3: <laughs> there you go. Is that it? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, after you preached last Sunday... I went home and I asked the Lord what would you have me do where do you want to meet with me well I can't go outside and so I I use a treadmill and the Lord knows I am there at five o'clock in the morning using the treadmill and so he said let's meet there I will talk to you there And we have been doing that together for this week. And it has been, um, one time it wasn't pleasant because God wanted to show me stuff inside of me. But most of the time it has been just the grace of God meeting with me on that treadmill for a half an hour. And I, as you said today, it needs to be extended. And it isn't a matter of law. It's a matter of I want to, I want to be with my God. And that's where he wants to meet me. And I know he will meet each of us in a special place. He's already chosen it. He's already selected it. All we have to do is go there and be there with him. Amen.
2: Thanks, Joanne. Huh? You're shaking. <laughs> She's shaking. Should we end this thing? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joanne. So if you're a guest with us, our tradition, how we end our service, is by standing together and singing an ancient hymn called the Doxology. Um, and it begins with, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And so w- this gift of Sabbath, what are you doing? You're moving. You're confusing me. Uh, is it's, it's a blessing from God. And so we want to receive every good blessing from him. Um, and these two both can sing really well. So you guys can sing on the microphone or something if you want. Uh, well, let's just do it all together. We'll do it a cappella. Ready? Uh, it goes like this. Praise, praise God, God from
1: home all blessings flow,
2: Praise say a blessing over everybody? You thought you were going to? Okay. So go in the grace of the Lord to enter his rest for the rest of this day. Fathers, happy Father's Day. We honor you. We have maybe root beer floats, but we'll see how it gets out here because of our Sunday school deal. But we're supposed to have root beer floats in the back for you. If you have questions about Sabbath or sabbatical, feel free to ask us and talk to us. But other than that, go knowing that Jesus loves you so much, he's giving you rest and we love you too. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.